I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back. Live Mike, just after 1.20 right now. Very much looking forward to this next conversation. As you just heard Nick Wyatt report, a big day, a milestone day here in the state of Utah as today, March 24th, the eligibility pool opens wide open for Utahns 16 plus to schedule and receive their COVID-19 vaccines. Now, there are uh, you know countless places out there where you can schedule a vaccine. Demand, though, certainly is very high. So exercise some patience. Uh, keep at it. Keep refreshing. The, the calendars will, will open up, and you'll be able to get that whole deal scheduled. It's a, it's a big deal. It's a real big deal. And to talk about what it means to be at this stage of our battle against the coronavirus, uh, joining us now is the governor of this great state, Spencer Cox. Governor Cox, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, I'm I'm great, Lee. Thanks for having me on. Today's a big day. Huge day. Uh, listen, though, there might be uh, there might be even bigger news uh, in, in the Cox family. I saw uh, yesterday in the evening you put out a tweet uh, letting the world know that uh, that you've got a, a third son in route to the mission field. What did you learn last night? <laughs> yeah, pretty exciting day. Those those are, are fun times when you you figure out where you're going to be for the next two years. And he's uh, he's very excited. Um, assuming things work out, he's going to be headed to Brazil in July. So we're we're looking forward to having another Portuguese speaker. We had a we had a, we had a boy in Mozambique, and and that's kind of fun. And and so they'll they'll have a lot of fun together. Now you, you, do you, am I correct? Do you have a son currently in the mission field? I, I do, yeah. He was supposed to be in Tahiti. He spent uh, about five months in Tahiti uh, speaking French and Tahitian, and uh, now he's uh, he's in the Four Corners area because of COVID. Uh, he's he's actually down by uh, Winslow, Arizona, right now. But he's been uh, most of the time in New Mexico, and he's he's had a, a really unique experience over the past couple of years. We'll, we'll get to this vaccine news here in just a moment. Let me ask you one final question on the mission field. Setting aside uh, your position as governor, you're, you're also a father. What's it been like to be a father of a missionary in the era of COVID? Oh, it, it's been crazy. I mean, it's been really tough. My my heart goes out to these uh, these young people who have had their lives disrupted in, in so many ways. And again, you know, to, to anybody who's been to Tahiti, he was on a small island just off the coast of Bora Bora, um, and one of only four missionaries on an island of 5,000 people, just it, really paradise. 
and, and and then you know being able to do service on on the Navajo reservation has been awesome for him. And he spent uh, he spent four months at home right in the middle, which was really tough. It was cool for us. He was here for the election, and we got to celebrate that together. So uh, really, nothing quite like it for uh, for these missionaries. Nothing that really compares. And I suppose. I suppose not as much oceanfront proselyting in New Mexico as uh, as when he was in Tahiti. <laughs> Just a, a little bit less, yeah, for the, sure. The, the suntan he returns with may not be as dark. Uh, Governor, talk to me about the importance of, to, of this day. Uh, there are very few other states, uh, Alaska, Mississippi, uh, Arizona come to mind, uh, those in the very, very short list of states who have been able to get to this point. How did we get here? Well, we, we got here because people are working so hard to do this and to do it the right way. We, we got here by opening it up first to um, our seniors. Uh, we have one of the highest vaccination rates in the country for those over the age of 70. We're well over 80 percent now, which is just incredible news. For, and, and again, saving lives. Um, we got there because uh, we were getting more and more vaccines. We, we were told by the White House that we have another big shipment of, of Johnson & Johnson that's going to be coming into the state over the next week. So that, that's exciting news. And we got there because uh, we, we really want to open this up. Uh, we, we have some inequities. Every state in the country does. We're doing better than most. Uh, but we have a plan to help reach out to some of our um, our, our less affluent uh, neighborhoods in along the Wasatch Front and some of our more rural areas. And it's so much easier if we can just vaccinate everyone when we uh, when we go into those areas. And this is going to make that possible. So uh, we've, we've got people, I've got friends who have been able to schedule their vaccine. I, I got my vaccine scheduled finally. Um, my wife and I are, are excited. I think we're getting vaccinated tomorrow. So we're th- things are looking up, and there's just a, a real positive energy here in our state. Outstanding. Uh, did you have occasion to, to communicate back and forth with uh, Governor of Alaska or Mississippi? Did, was there anything we, we learned from them, or did we have any communication with them on, on, on this move here in Utah? Yeah, I, I talk regularly with uh, with governors. We have weekly calls with both the National Governors Association and the Republican Governors Association. And so we, we've all been sharing best practices and talking about what's working and not working. Um, and and the, the truth is uh, they, they've been asking Utah how we've been doing things a lot. Um, we're, you know, it's a little easier for us because we have such a young population um, that, uh, right. that uh, over a third of our state isn't eligible for the vaccine, which means that we can, you know, we, we can use our vaccine on, on the adult populations and, and be able to expand a little quicker. But but as of last week, we were fifth in the nation for getting shots into arms. So that's that's great news. And that's allowed us to move faster than some other states. Most recent polling indicates that there is still a sector of uh, Utah's population that is hesitant to receive uh, a vaccine. Last uh, and most recent numbers, 12 percent of Utah adults are a bit hesitant. What would, what would you say to them? Well, first of all, that's a great number. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish it was zero percent, uh, but but compared to other states, that's a, a really really good number. And and I think that I, I hope at least we're seeing this so far that as more and more people get the vaccine and tell their friends and families about it, and they see things coming back to normal, they see that the side effects are are very minimal, and uh, that that we're getting rid of this this disease, that they'll be willing to get it. It's safe. It, it's effective. We don't have a single person uh, hospitalized or that has died after getting the vaccine from the corona 
coronavirus or the vaccine, which is just incredible. It shows how well the, these vaccines are working. And we're going to have some real targeted ads trying to reach out to those those groups that are, are hesitant. And, and, and this is one where it, it helps you, but it helps everyone. The more people we get vaccinated, the more likely we are to get rid of this disease forever. And, and this is the microchip-free vaccine right? we're, we're just reading here in Utah, right? Only the microchip prevent. That's right. I, for, for people that are worried about that, let me assure you there is no such thing. Uh, you should be much more worried about the phone in your pocket that's tracking everywhere you go. There you go. Uh, last question I have for you. There are those who know that today is, of course, uh, you know, 16 plus, everyone eligible. They're logging on to either coronavirus.utah.gov or their pharmacy's website, and demand is high. Uh, th- there's a chance that folks aren't going to be able to, to register today. W- what do you say to them to, to keep them uh, animated and excited about getting this, uh, this scheduled? Yeah, well, well, think of this as, you know, whatever the, the, the latest craze is, you know, when I remember when the first iPhone came out and people would wait in line to, to get that type of thing. Think of it that way. Um, this is the, the most popular band in the in the world to see. Uh, so so just be patient. Um, know that that more and more uh, appointments are opening up. And so if you can't get one now, please, please don't give up. Uh, keep keep trying. We, we always knew that demand would outpace supply for a time um, that will be changing over the next Next couple of weeks, and and there will be ample opportunities, and and we'll we'll have different ways to do it too. For those that can't really get an appointment or do it by appointment, um, in, in April we'll start to move to walk-ins in lots of places. So there's going to be so many places and opportunities to get this over the next couple of weeks. Uh, just be patient and keep trying. Any any specific details on, on where and when exactly the the walk-ins might be available? Quite yet? Not, not yet, but we okay. will have those. And we'll, we'll announce those in our Thursday press conferences as they become available. Um, right now, again, as you said, there are lots of places to, to find it. One of, one of the best that I found is uh, vaccinefinder.org, um, and that will show you all of the different locations within a radius. You can go up to 50 miles away. Um, everybody that has one and, and their websites, you can go and try different sites until you find the right one for you. That's the way. Governor Cox, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on this day. Thank you, Lee. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.